In six days, the Carolina Panthers veterans will report down to training camp at Wofford, but on Saturday, the Carolina Panthers rookie class will have to report to training camp. What should we expect from them heading into 2023? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get those questions in. And it's been over a month, y'all, since we did the weekly Friday mailbag. So go ahead, get those questions in. You're one Final chance to do so before training camp gets underway. They report on Tuesday and in practice on Wednesday. I know I got the dates kind of mixed up the last couple of shows because I was thinking the 26th. That's actually when they're on the field, but the veterans will report on the 25th next Tuesday. Then on the 26th, one week from today, they'll be out there in jerseys and shorts. No pads. Got to wait a couple days before they can get pads on, but they'll be out on the practice field down at Wofford College for training camp and cannot wait for us to finally have some real storylines to talk about and have the Carolina Panthers back playing football, even if it's just practicing against each other. It's been a long offseason, a fun one, and I told y'all, like, back when the season was wrapping up, it was going to be a fun offseason. New coaching staff, new quarterback. I think everyone's excited about the coaching staff. I think most people are excited about the new quarterback. Now let's go out there and see what the Carolina Panthers can do in this 2023 season where the NFC South is still wide open. We've talked a lot over the last month about each position group and breaking down all the players. Let's focus on today's show on the rookie class and what these players potentially can do upcoming in 2023. Now we all know that the highlight of the rookie class and the player that everyone's thinking about is going to be talking about is Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, the quarterback out of Alabama. Now, a couple of weeks ago, right after the draft, Mike K of ESPN.com, he projected the seasons for who we thought would be the top five rookies at every position in the NFL. So looking at quarterbacks, of course, there's Anthony Richardson, who was drafted by the Colts. There's C.J. Stroud, who was drafted second overall by the Texans. There's Bryce Young. He wanted to project how he thought their numbers would look like going into the 2023 season based off of what rookies have done in the past. Now, for Bryce Young, he projected that Bryce Young would throw for 3,553 yards and 19 touchdowns. Now, you hear those numbers, you feel pretty good about that. I would think you would. Now, here's some background into why he decided that that's what he would project for Bryce Young, who he's projecting to be the top quarterback, the top rookie quarterback going into the 2023 season, saying from 2011 to 2022, 31 of 37 first-round quarterbacks, 84% took over as a starter prior to Week 10, including 17, 46%, who started Week 1. The expectation, obviously, here in Carolina with Bryce Young taking over the number one reps going into mandatory minicamp and going to be the quarterback one when they get down there next week at Wofford is that he will start Week 1 in Atlanta against the Falcons. So he will be joining 
the previous 46% during that 11-year span that started week one. Of the 16 quarterbacks picked in the top four, which includes Bryce Young, What's over the past couple seasons, though, um, 11 started in week one and three others took over by week five. The exceptions were Trey Lance and Jared Goff, a former number one overall pick. 12 quarterbacks picked either first or second overall since 2011 appeared in at least 10 games as a rookie. Those 12 averaged 3,389 yards and 17.4 touchdown passes. Of the 37 quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2011, only nine reached 20 passing touchdowns as rookies. So for Bryce Young, it's about a 50-50 chance that he goes over 20 passing touchdowns this upcoming season. And Mike Clay went over to talk more about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in particular, and you mentioned the talent that they have at wide receiver, really the lack thereof as far as like really great explosive kind of playmaking talent. And I've gone over the wide receivers and I look at what they have here now compared to what it looked like at the end of last season, what it really looked like as soon as they draft, they traded DJ Moore in order they get so they could draft Bryce Young number one overall. It's as good as it's going to be heading into the year. And Panthers seem to be uh, pretty content with the guys that they have based off of not really being all interested in DeAndre Hopkins and some of the other receivers that are available. Although it wasn't a very strong receiver free agent class or really draft class for the Carolina Panthers, though they did take Jonathan Bingo. After that, they were pretty set on who they wanted to bring in here to Carolina. So you brought all that also into play when projecting Bryce Young's numbers, which again, 3,553 yards and 19 touchdowns. If Bryce Young puts up those numbers, are the Panthers a playoff team in 2023? I would have a... Pretty tough time saying that they would not be in the conversation because those are absolutely the kind of numbers that the Carolina Panthers need. Now, let's look at some of the guys the last couple seasons that have started for the Carolina Panthers and what their numbers have looked like. For Sam Darnold, back in 2021, when he was the primary starter, he threw for 2,527 yards, nine touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Not good. Worse numbers than, obviously, what Bryce Young put up last year or is expected to put up this upcoming season. Now, last year also when Sam Darnold came in, he threw for 1,143 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. If you combine those numbers, I'm going to do some quick math for you. What is that? 3,670 yards. So about what we're expecting, at least Mike Clay's projecting out of Bryce Young is what Sam Darnold put up in two seasons, and he's expecting Bryce Young to put up more touchdowns. Now, we are, we understand that Sam Darnold missed some time for the Carolina Panthers and all that, but Sam Darnold, as the full-time starter here in Carolina, when he did start, wasn't great for the Carolina Panthers, and those numbers certainly left a lot to be desired, in particular, when you look at the turnovers and what he put up here for the Panthers. Now, let's go all the way back to 2020, when Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and really the only if we can even say good quarterback season that we had here under Matt Rule, and honestly, it was just fine. Now, the results, particularly at the end of the games, weren't great, but when you look out the numbers that Curtis Samuel put up that season, Mike Davis, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, clearly Teddy was good enough and better than the other guys they brought in to replace him. He threw for 3,733 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions that year for the Carolina Panthers. So about what the Panthers, hopefully, according to Mike Clay, could be expecting out of Bryce Young this year. So if he's able to throw close to that number that Teddy put up, more touchdowns, and of course, hopefully, at the end of games, he can actually get the job done, that would bode well 
for the Carolina Panthers heading into the season, and it would show you pretty bright spot for Bryce Young. Now, I know you don't want to hear or right, comparing Bryce Young to Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's a former first-round pick, a guy who's been a veteran in the league, and those are numbers that he put up in his, like, what, sixth or seventh year in the NFL. If Bryce Young can match that as a rookie and then put them in position to succeed, like, that would be a good thing. And when you look at the quarterback play after Teddy Bridgewater, um, he clearly wasn't as bad as a lot of people felt he was that season. But we're expecting a lot more out of Bryce long-term than, of course, anyone was expecting out of Teddy Bridgewater during that 2020 pandemic season. Just looking at what rookies have done in the past and just comparing what the Panthers have gotten out of their quarterbacks in recent seasons under Matt Rule and then with Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach – what Mike Clay from ESPN.com is projecting out of Bryce Young is absolutely something that you should sign up for. And I think something that would put the Carolina Panthers in position to be in contention for the wild card, if not just the division, and winning the NFC South this upcoming season. So the expectations are obviously enormous for Bryce Young long term here in Carolina. David Tepper said it night one when he was drafted. We felt like he gave us, of the quarterbacks in this draft, the best opportunity to not win a Super Bowl, but to win Super Bowls. And I do think that we're going to see the signs this year that Bryce Young will be the answer in Carolina long term. Now, will that mean he'll win him a Super Bowl? That is certainly to be determined and is not necessarily all on Bryce Young, but we all know. It's great to have a Christian McCaffrey. It's great to have a DJ Moore. It's great to have a Brian Burns and all those kind of defensive playmakers the Panthers currently have and some of the guys have been on the roster the last couple of years. But once Cam broke down and they put Kyle Allen out there and they put Teddy Bridgewater and Baker and PJ and Sam Darnold, we saw the importance of having a high-caliber starting quarterback in the NFL. When you don't have that, you really don't have a chance. The Panthers haven't even had really average. I guess they had Teddy Bridgewater, and that was average. But outside of that, it has been below-average, substandard quarterback play. And the hope is now with Bryce Young coming in that, hey, if a rookie can be average with the offensive scheme that they have and the defense they have and I think enough playmakers around him in this division – that will certainly give the Carolina Panthers a chance to win the NFC South here in 2023 with Bryce as a rookie starter and with Frank Reich as their new head coach here in Carolina. So those expectations, at least the projections put out there for Bryce Young heading into 2023. What about the rest of the rookie class? What should we expect out of Jonathan Mingo, TJ Johnson, Chandler Zavala, and Jamie Robinson? I'll tell you here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. We're so close, so close the football season being here isn't the hall of fame game like is that like next week or is that a couple weeks after that probably in a couple weeks but either way we're very close to football season but don't forget it's still baseball season take your first swing at betting mlb on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to 200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think's gonna homer first all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you get paid instantly no waiting around that money is right there in your FanDuel account there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel America's number one sports book so sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball I feel like the expectations for Bryce Young are relatively clear going to the season. He's expected to be the starting quarterback, and the hope is that he'll play and start in all 17 games, and that he'll show signs that 
the Panthers made the right to choice by moving up to number one, by giving up that first round pick next year and by giving up DJ Moore and that second round pick that they gave up this year in the McCaffrey trade and the second round pick they're giving up in 2025. That is the expectation that Bryce Young will start, that he'll show signs and the Panthers will look like they made the right choice by moving up. Now, of course, only time will tell whether he actually is the right choice. So maybe not this year. You'll really know, but you want to feel good about it after the season. You don't want to be in a position where it's like, oh man, did, did the Panthers make the wrong decision and the organization also doesn't want to be in the position where oh man did we make the wrong decision because they have been in that position at quarterback the last couple of off seasons where it's like okay teddy well the owner came out and said no i'm done here and it was sam darnold while they said sam's our quarterback said the same thing about teddy their actions showed that they weren't committed to sam and well they didn't make any bones about it this off season when they traded up to number one they're like we are getting our guy and we're gonna bring him in here and we're gonna play him so we'll see what Bryce Young does this upcoming season, but it's pretty clear compared to the rest of the rookie class, at least the expectations for Bryce going the year because he's going to play. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like for the rest of the rookie class that they just took in the 2023 NFL draft. Jonathan Mingo going 39th overall. You got DJ Johnson going 80th overall after the Panthers traded up from 93 to 80. Chandler Zavala, was it 114? No, they traded that pick. Either way. Fourth round pick, Chandler Zavala. Then Jamie Robinson, a fifth round pick out of NC State. So what should we expect from the rest of a very small rookie class? And talking about it post-draft, the only guy that you knew coming out of it that was absolutely going to have an impact this year was Bryce Young. That's, of course, barring health, and we're expecting him to be healthy and him be ready. But like being healthy, being ready, like everything in a perfect world, Bryce Young was going to be playing. Now, the rest of them, you looked at it, it's like a okay, wide receiver. You just went out and you brought in Adam Thielen, brought in DJ Chark, Demir Bird. We'll see if he makes the roster, all that. You're already bringing back Terrace Marshall. You got Cy Smith still there. You got LaVishka Chenault. You're pretty set at wide receiver as far as the guys that you're probably going to count on heading to the year. Then at edge rusher, you got Brian Burns, and there's questions on the other side, but there's players like Marquise Haynes who have played a lot of snaps so far. Ito Grosmatos has played a lot of snaps in his first three years. And then you'll see what you get out of a guy like Amari Barno heading to year two as an edge rusher in this new scheme. Then with Chandler Zavala, you got all five offensive line starters coming back this season. Of course, Austin Corbett going to start off on Pup next week and will miss a couple of weeks starting into the season. But Cade Mays, somebody you just drafted last year, expected to start there at right guard. Other than that, you have some quality depth there where Cam Irving will be at tackle. You bring back players like Michael Jordan, who can play guard if need be. You brought in Justin McCray. So you're already kind of sitting there being like, all right, well, hey, it's good to have Zavala develop him. Maybe he'll be your future at left guard if that's how things pan out, or he can be a guard for you, maybe even a center. I, I don't know. You looked at it. Okay, it's, it's nice to have a player of that caliber, but it's not like he's expected to come in and produce right away. And with Jamie Robinson looking at safety, you brought in Von Bell so that Jeremy Chin could play closer to the line of scrimmage and be more of a playmaker. You already have Xavier Woods coming back. You have Sam Franklin, who's been more of a special teams ace, still developing to a player who can be solid depth for you at safety. So how much is Jamie Robinson going to play? And it's actually a good thing to be in a position where you have a small rookie class and you're not expecting a lot of these guys to contribute. Now, some teams have expected it and have gotten great results. Look at the Jets last year and having guys like Garrett Wilson and what they were able to get out of their rookie class last year. There's other teams that have been examples in the past of getting really solid rookie play. But you don't want to be a team that is just so determined or so um, 
I don't know. What's the word? It's so, um, mm, I don't know. I can't think of it. But the, the team that's so reliant, I guess. There we go. So reliant on having rookies out there. Because just in the NFL, we just like, you know, in high school, you don't want to have a bunch of like sophomores out on the field on varsity. In college, you don't want to be playing a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. You want to have experience. In the NFL, of course, different as these guys are professionals, but a different level. And they have to adjust to that. And they have to get ready to go and really understand what it's like to be a professional in the NFL. But just going one by one, as like a little bit did there just now, Mingo, I will be curious to see because it's hard to know. And Frank Reich told us right there during OTA's mandatory minicamp that you don't know until the pads come on just how good a guy like Bryce Young is going to be. Like they've seen everything they want to see out of Bryce so far to have him in position to be QB1. Going to the season, at least starting off next week down at Wofford, but he has to perform once the pads go on. But they've seen enough so far. And there's been some good things said about a guy like Jonathan Mingo. But we need to see it when the pads come on, which is still going to be a few days. I think, what, next weekend? It's going to be a little bit of time before we see the pads go on and before we see him in preseason when it matters more as far as trying to win a job. And we'll see, I think, a lot of Jonathan Mingo, considering that I don't think Thielen's going to be playing a lot in preseason. I don't know what Frank Reich's philosophy will be as far as how much he'll play his veterans. I mean, I know what Bryce Young is going to want to have the number one offensive line out there. And I mean, it's a new scheme. So, and it's a new team. So it would make a lot of sense. It's not like it's like established, like we've seen with like McVay out there with the Rams. I want to play as starters in certain situations like that. It would make sense for them to be out there. I just don't know how he's going to go about it. I would expect and think that's what he would do. But yeah, I'm either way, you guys like Thielen, Shark, probably not going to play that many snaps as they're going to be expected to be the number one and two wide receivers. So Jonathan Mingo should get a ton of snaps, particularly in the second half, and maybe he'll get some snaps with the first team. I just don't know what his role is going to be heading into the year. As I've said, Thielen, Shark, pretty obvious, I would say, that they're going to be the top two wide receivers going into the season. Um, I'm penciling in Terrace Marshall as the number three. We'll see if that's how it works out. LaVishka Chenault. Um, I think they'll be able to utilize – I know, I, mean, I believe that they'll be able to utilize him more than, of course, Ben McAdoo and Matt Rule did last year. And then I don't know whether Shai Smith's going to be on the roster or not. So where does Jonathan Mingo fit in? It's just one of those things where it's a come in, learn the offense, and we'll see. Because I just right now, I don't think that the expectations should necessarily be high for him. And we've seen in the past putting big expectations on, hey, what can Terrace Marshall do? And we saw Terrace Marshall – Struggling with injury, different situation with Jonathan Mingo, not coming in injured with a bad medical bill. Um, but still, it's really hard to expect a guy to come in from the NFL, from college to the NFL and immediately produce, even if they're your number three wide receiver, at least in theory. DJ Johnson, a guy who's considered a project, and the Panthers, they have yet to bring in, if they're going to at all, a veteran edge rusher would not still be surprised if they do that. I would think it would make sense for them to do it. It looks like Marquise Haynes is probably going to start that outside linebacker. Gross Bonas is going to get an opportunity. And assuming he's going to be on the roster, if he's going to be a scheme fit for the Carolina Panthers, and there's been some good things said. But again, we don't know until the pads come on for a guy like Etor Gross who even in naturally in a more four even man front, doesn't like he's not like he's really produced all that much for the Carolina Panthers to think that all of a sudden, you know, light bulbs is going to flicker. So we'll see how that works out. But DJ Johnson seems like he's going to be someone who is going to probably take a little bit of time before we really see uh, some production. Chandler Zavala, if he's playing, that's probably not a good thing for the Carolina Panthers, and that's not really saying 
anything bad about him necessarily. It just means that you have more injuries, and you don't want that to happen going into the season when you already have a guy like Austin Corbett down. So I would not expect Zavala to get a ton of run. Um, would be good if he gets to dress out, but it wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those kind of healthy scratches from time to time. Um, if, since it seems like he's more of just like that left guard and more so than the guy who can be more versatile, like a Justin McCray who can play center, can play guard for you. And then Cam Irving, kind of same case, can play guard for you, can play tackle. He's going to be that swing tackle. Do you need – Zavala up there on Sundays, maybe early on in the season. But once um, Corbett comes back, then you can probably see him as being a healthy scratch uh, a number of times. And Jamie Robinson, he's one, though, I think, that probably has a better chance of any of these guys get on the field. And it's crazy to say that the fifth-round pick would have a better chance than the second, third, and fourth-round picks. But you just think about it. Okay, yes, I get it. You brought in the safety in Von Bell. You brought in um, – or you have Jeremy Chin still. You still have – uh, Xavier Woods. So you're like, where are the snaps at safety? I don't think the snaps are necessarily going to be at safety. I think the snaps going to be in the nickel. So far, the Panthers, when they've had their top three corners available, Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, and C.J. Henderson, they have not gotten great play out of C.J. Henderson. And who's to say in a situation where they decide to go, you know, more small nickel, you know, regular nickel instead of big nickel, where that's expected that Jeremy Chin would get an opportunity to play in that position. Why wouldn't Jamie Robinson, who played pretty close to the line of scrimmage the last couple of seasons at Florida State, why wouldn't he be a natural, you know, fit for that position? He's coming in in a more of a Miles Hartsfield role. That's what Miles Hartsfield played last year in the last couple of seasons as a safety, as a nickel. I think Jer- Jamie Robinson has a great chance to get on the field as that nickel. And there's already been some praise from a guy like Dante Jackson about Jamie Robinson, who's played some high-level football the last couple of seasons at FSU. So I could see him being someone that comes in and can have an impact for the Carolina Panthers. Of all the rookies, just Zavala, he's going to be a guy who's coming for depth. And that happens. It's good to have a quality player like that. But if someone gets hurt, that's not a good situation for the Panthers. DJ Johnson, a project, Jonathan Mingo, just really hard to say in what is, I guess, kind of a fairly uh, crowded wide receiver room. But there was an opportunity at that other outside wide receiver position, even maybe in a slot at certain points of time to uh, come in and to produce for the Carolina Panthers. So that's a look at the rest of the rookie draft class. You can't just focus on the rookie draft class. There's plenty of UDFAs who are going into camp and are going to be reporting this Saturday that are going to try to make the roster, and there's one of them in particular at a position of need. Could they do it? Who are those players? I'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. So Bryce Young, going to be QB1 for Carolina, should start week one at Atlanta. I think that a guy like Jamie Robinson has a good chance to be able to play, especially at nickel for the Panthers' upcoming season. And then looking at the rest of the rookie class, at least the rookie draft class, a lot of these guys more backups, probably an opportunity for a guy like Jonathan Mingo to play just based off of whether he can maybe beat out a third-year player in Terrace Marshall, who he could have been drafted to replace in the first place. We'll see. How that works out and how that shakes out down in training camp here over the next couple weeks, also heading into the preseason. But there's always those stories. You know, Hard Knocks loves to do this, where they just cling on a guy right there battling to make the roster who has no chance at all to make the roster, and then everyone's heart's broken. It's been a very tired trope that they've used over the last couple seasons. Hope they don't do this this upcoming season with the Jets. But we're not focused on the Jets or Hard Knocks. But there are players, though, who are UDFAs, undrafted free agents, who I do think have a realistic chance to make the roster here in Carolina. And I've read some roster projections from some people who cover the team who 
I've already said that I think there's some guys who will be on the roster for the Carolina Panthers. Now, we'll start off with one of them who is kind of one of those like reality stars and Rajon Wright, who was on Last Chance U. So I didn't watch Last Chance U on Netflix when it went to Kansas and I was like, Jason Brown, the coach, and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I stopped watching. Never watched the basketball. And I did watch it back when it was in Mississippi down there in uh, Scuba, what were the East Mississippi Community College or whatever it was. So I did watch it then, just kind of stopped watching it because, you know, it gets old. But uh, Rajon Wright apparently was one of those guys who was one of those stars on the show, goes to Oregon State, has a good career as an all-Pac-12 player. Now he signs here in Carolina. And when you look at it, and we've talked about it, who can step up and – provide quality depth at outside corner. The JC or Dante go down, which has been the case the last two seasons, it has not been good for the Panthers. It's been bleak. CJ Henderson has not been up to snuff. It's been a bad trade from really the moment it happened, felt kind of desperate, but it has not panned out when Scott Peter said for the future. Well, the future is here and is not very bright right now for the Carolina Panthers with CJ Henderson in there as a corner for the team. Now, hopefully – New coaching staff, it gets better. But so far, he's just not a guy that I can look at and depend on heading into the season. I don't know if the Panthers can look at him and really depend on him, just based off what we've seen the last two years with him in black and blue. Keith Taylor, just I think a different situation, fifth-round pick, thrown out there in situations where he's a young player, it's good to get experience, but were we really expect him to go out there and really be a high-level guy? No. So I'll cut him some slack. But the thought is, though, hey, you're heading into your third year. Do you want to be on the roster long term? You're going to have to do some other things. Now, Stan Thomas Oliver, who's also gotten some high praise from Dante Jackson, he's in his fourth season. He's been more of a special teams guy. But if he can show that he can help at corner, even though he's a little bit more undersized compared to when you look at the kind of archetype of the guys that Scott Fitter and the Seahawks drafted back in Seattle, not what they're bringing here to Carolina, I don't know if he necessarily fits in to all of that. But still, there's an opportunity. There's also an opportunity for Rajon Wright to come in here and do earn a spot. It's going to be first up on special teams, but he can come in and look like a player for the Panthers. Who's to say he can't be on the roster and can't make it? So he's someone who absolutely has an opportunity when you just look at a position of need. And that's really where it comes from. Like, where are the positions of need? Where can guys make the roster? Like, I look at quarterback, of course, that's settled. You're not going to see a guy be a UDFA and make it. Wide receiver, same case. That's settled. Running back, Cameron Peoples maybe would have an opportunity, but Miles Sanders can be a three-down back. Probably going to be a workhorse. Chuba's going to be on the roster, and Raheem Blackshear looks like he's going to be on the roster. If Peoples can come in and be more of a short yardage guy, even though I don't think that's necessarily his build, then, yeah, there's an opportunity. But mainly, it's going to be on special teams. Tight end, you already know who's going to be on the roster there. Offensive line, you're not going to see UDFA make the roster. They're in a great position there. Defensive line, same case. Brought in a bunch of veterans to come in and play defensive tackle. Just don't see it. At corner, there's an opportunity. At safety, there's not an opportunity. The other position where I look at where there's an opportunity, which is important, but, again, it's going to be Based off of special teams, that's how you make the roster. But if you can show more, then you have a great chance. Bumper pool is a player, went at Arkansas, went healthy in the SEC, was outstanding. Loved watching him play. The problem is he has not been healthy the last couple of seasons, and that's why he had some rough medicals and ended up not being drafted. But he could be a steal for the Panthers. He would have been a steal, in my opinion, for any team out there. He was brought in for a top 30 visit. You're not wasting top 30 visits on players that you don't have 
and interested in far as whether as far as whether it's drafting them or potentially signing them if they're available as UDFAs. And I would love to know the numbers of guys that come in for top 30 visits with an organization and then like just go undrafted, period. Because you're looking at it, you're using your top 30, you want to use it on guys who you realis- realistically think you can bring into your organization. I wonder how many guys who go to top 30s get drafted. I would think the vast majority, but how many are the ones that are undrafted and how often do they sign with the teams that they went in for top 30 visits? I'm sure that would be a pretty high number as far as the guys that go undrafted and then where they took visits at and the teams that they ended up going to sign with. So for bumper pool, it shouldn't be a surprise for anyone. I don't think I'm this is really news, y'all. I think all of y'all are pretty like um like on board or like, yeah, that makes sense. Bumper pool heard his name, was a guy that came in for top thirty visit. Of course he's a Carolina Panther. Shaq Thompson, great to have him back. The Panthers didn't bring him back. I don't know what they would have done. Um Frankie Louvu can play inside, probably can play some outside. It's a great thing about the three four. You can be multiple, you can move them around, and it's a base. Not everyone's going to just completely be in one position. That's just not how football is played nowadays. You know that. I know that. We all know that nowadays. So you got Shaq. You got Frankie Lugo at inside linebacker. Behind them, Kamu Gruyere-Hill was more of a special teams guy in Arizona, then goes to Houston, gets a ton of snaps defensively at linebacker. You feel good about him as a contributor on special teams and also someone who can step in and be a veteran backup there at inside linebacker. We didn't see anything from Brandon Smith last year. Played, barely played, and even when he was out there in preseason, didn't show a lot. And that's kind of just been the story of Brandon Smith since he came out of high school and um, Penn State, out of, out of State of Virginia when he came out of high school, went to Penn State. Five-star guy, has all the potential in the world, just really haven't seen it on game days so far, which is why he goes from a dude who's projected kind of first-round pick. That's what five-star means, um, coming out of high school to a guy who ends up you know, being a fourth rounder and not playing that much and having Steve Wilkes call him out last year when he was here in Carolina. So we'll see what his development is. We haven't really been able to see him to know where he's at at this point in time. Chandler Wooten, good player out of Auburn, more of a special teams guy. That's how he's going to make the roster. I do think there's a chance for a guy like a bumper pool who is really good at diagnosing and fine going, seeking, destroying. I think he has a chance to make the roster. Like really, when I look at it, there's two guys, bumper pool, Rajon Wright, those are the two guys I look at as UDFAs who are reporting to camp on Saturday that I would not be surprised at all if one of them or both of them ended up being on the initial 53-man roster. At the very least, you want to find a way to get these guys to be signed and then develop them and then eventually be roster guys, but would not be surprised if both or just one of them ended up getting on the 53-man roster heading into the season. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe and watch the show or subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all on Thursday.